talk so much about it. I know the reason that you like it. Get away from the wife for a few hours, drink your head off. Football, football, football. What do you talk so much about it? I know the reason that you like it. Get away from the wife for a few hours, drink your head off. Football. Welcome to episode 65 of the Men Who Save Football, the Dundalk FC fancast. This is a post-match reaction to the Derby defeat to Drogheda United 2-1 in Oriel Park. Did see the return of fans, but unfortunately not the return of a victory. A tough night to take. Last week we defended the team on the basis that their European exertions took a toll in the narrow defeat to Derry. It's a little bit harder to make that defence for last night's performance. Yeah, I think it was probably a good idea that we we didn't record post-match last night because, honestly, I think I was speechless. I mean, I was lost for words. I didn't know what to say about that game. And I think the big takeaway was, you know, a little over, uh, well, you know, a week ago, we were talking about a team that had run Vitesse extremely closely. Uh, we had dominated the last half an hour of that game. We came away from that saying that if the team could produce that kind of performance week in, week out of that kind of quality and intensity intensity and pressure uh, that we could beat absolutely anybody in the league. And yet, you know, we, we had, I suppose, a defeat in between those games to St. Patrick's Athletic that we wrote off and said, well, you know, it was, you know, sort of a, an odd game and it didn't go our way. Oh, well. Uh, and then we had the defeat to Derry and we said, well, it was the post European blues, you know, that's okay. But now we have a defeat to Drada and not a vintage Drada side. Uh, I would say a drought aside that is struggling itself with injuries and, you know, a lot of uh, young players in the team with not a whole lot of experience. But last night's performance was uh, really, I think, lackluster is the, the right word for it. Um, we had plenty of the ball. You know, we, we certainly dominated possession, but we weren't creating all that many chances. And lo and behold, another defensive lapse uh, gifted them the first goal. And from there on, it was an uphill struggle. I think that the this team has conceded an average of two goals a game, uh, almost every game for the last six. And I think if that's going to continue, it is very hard to see where we are going to pick up points. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I suppose I would have been one of the people of a kind of promoting the theory that the Pats game, you'd write that off, the Derry game, you write that off. And in, I think I said, like, from this week, we start and it's not happening. Um, for me, the big takeaway is it really shows the limitation of our squad. Because if you talk about, like, we said this before, that this team, this whatever, can perform that way against Vitesse and is not doing it in the league. But if I think about last night, we, we had the majority of the ball, okay? But we were creating nothing, especially in the middle of the park. And I mean, the absence of Patrick McElhaney, I think, was immense or a, a player like that because players might have been individually doing their thing, but there was no creative spark at all. Um, for all the ball we had, especially in the first half, we never really looked at challenging. Um, so I think that's the first thing. The, the, the types of player we are missing. We said it before that, you know, when I... I I think that, you know, I think Vinny has proved himself as a manager. I think a lot of the players, and this might be controversial because I think a lot of fans think otherwise, might have proved themselves individually. But you said before, Ken, about the squad being or the team being unbalanced. And I think that's one of the big things, which is when McElhaney gets injured, we have no other replacement for that type of creative uh, player. And um, so no ideas. 
Huge part of Dundalk this season has been a lot of the ball, moving it up the pitch, but nothing in the final third at all. Like, nothing dangerous. So we can, we can pass it about the middle of the field, we can get it up the wings, but we never threaten. So we're missing that. And then, the, I mean, the, the squad is now down to bare bones. Um, we saw Daniel Cleary getting injured, and then Sonny having to come back in. Uh, we probably won't see Patrick McElhenney again this season, McMillan, all these kind of things. So I just think that the, we are now in a relegation dogfight, which we'll, what we end up talking about. Um, and the squad is running on fumes now. Um, and with each passing game, we're picking up another injury. And we're in a huge dogfight. So I think the limitations of the squad was a massive thing. We can also point to some you know, individual performances and these defensive lapses, lack of creativity. And as Martin said, you know, our defence is a serious issue. So it's a perfect storm. And it was all laid out last night. But I, for me, the, the problem is that Vinny doesn't have the players, um, can't really make changes. Um, the players he does have, or the newer players he does have at his disposal, don't seem to be doing it. Um, I mean, another thing about the limitations of the squad is brand new signing, uh, Sammy Benamar, thrown straight in to a extremely important Louth derby. And when I thought, I thought he was kind of impressive enough going forward. Like it was his kind of lapse that you know gave the ball away for their first goal. Um, and I, I would struggle to blame him too much for that, thrown straight in to this league and this team and playing with his teammates for the first time in a must-win game. Um, again, goes down to the limitations of our squad. In a, a healthy, well-developed squad, he wouldn't have been thrown straight in in that match. Um, so it comes down to um, the, the, the squad injury uh, and lack of signing issues. Yeah, it seems that, you know, once again, Vinnie Pert's return, it did give the squad something of a fill-up and we had some good performances and good results. Um, I think those injuries, rather than the last three points in Derry, those injuries, we, we recorded the last episode just after the game, so we weren't sure just how bad they were, but it term, turns out that they, they were every bit as bad as you could, you know, fear in your worst. And, and you got to see the, the influence that an informed Patrick McElhenney has been having the team looked quite disjointed without him. No, big, big loss in Patrick McElhenney. Also a big, big loss in David McMillan being out long-term. They are they are two massive players. You know, combine them with Chris Shields being moved on. And that is a hell of a lot of ability to, to take away from the squad. We were a little bit unfortunate in that Daryl Leahy was also unavailable last night. Daniel Kelly apparently got injured in the warm-up. And as we all saw, Daniel Cleary had to retire with injury after, you know, in the opening stage of the game. Now, when when you, as we've often said, we're probably boring people now, when you've had a very bad couple of transfer windows and then you take half a dozen, you know, first-team players and suddenly they're on the injury list and unavailable, I suppose that's what we saw the likes of Sammy being thrown straight in. And um, I thought, you know, once again, even with all those negatives... I thought Dundalk were by far the better team for the first 25 minutes, dominating possession, looking very comfortable on the ball, doing what they could, you know, a high press that made it difficult for us to play out. They put a lot of pressure on Greg Sloggett, particularly when he tried to pick the ball up from the defence and develop attacks. I thought Drogheda were hardworking, plenty of energy, uh, as opposed to Dundalk, who had plenty of possession, but really not creating a tremendous amount. But nonetheless, 
just before the draw of the goal, but two minutes before it, you know, Patrick Hoban has a header which looks destined for the top corner. And if that ducks under the bar, perhaps it's a very different night. You get your nose in front, they're deflated, you get a little bit more confidence and you go on to win it. But we've kind of seen now a trend with Dundalk performances. If we go back over the last five games, we've got four defeats in the league, only one victory. Most of the defeats have been close. I mean, if we go back, like we, we, we've we won against Finn Harps, but we've lost against Shamrock Rovers, Patrick Sladek, uh, Derry, and last night Drogheda. And I think after the Shamrock Rovers game, most fans thought, well, we played okay. We're just, we've dipped behind Rovers for the minute. So there was positives to be taken from that, the return of Will Patching and so on. The Pats game, much better team for the first half, but didn't take our chances. Derry, very little to choose between the teams, and they only see that game out because of the penalty. Um, and last night, again, dominated, you know, certainly the first half an hour, but then get, get, um, get hit with this sucker punch. It is a, a bad concession of possession from Sammy, but in his defense, he makes a hell of a lung-busting run to get back and cover the, the break. And at that point, you know, when he has made that recovery and Andy Boyle and him are facing down the draw the player in possession, you think, you know, maybe you've got, you've, you've dealt with the problem. But the fact that Mark Doyle sort of weaves his way through them and then subsequently evades a couple of other Dundalk defenders, like there's six Dundalk guys in the box and he still manages to finish to the bottom corner. And of course, when you get hit with that sucker punch against the run of play and you've got all those negatives of players being unavailable, it does become a little bit more difficult to rally yourself. And like, I mean, the, the fact that we got hit again on the break, I don't know. Like, I mean, you, you can, you can begin to look for explanations, but I mean, when we had the best defensive midfielder in the league, in our team, how often did Dundalk get caught on the break like that? Uh, like, you know, like Vinnie Perth has come back. That's a positive but it's not a panacea. And in the context of his return, we have also had the further weakening of the squad. You know, we've had players sold or released. And as you say, we're now down to the bare bones. And when you're relying on guys who essentially have only been with the squad a week to come in and change the game, we found that, you know, they can't do it. I mean, I know Sammy came off, Han came on, Han looked busy, energetic, probably trying his best but he can't impact the game. And that's the problem we're facing now. The squad has been so denuded of talent that we don't have really any reserves to call upon to change a game in our favour when we're really up against it. And we saw that Sean Murray was again deployed. And I don't think Sean you know, had a bad performance. He, but once again, Sean is... He's played at the highest level that anybody in, in, in the League of Ireland probably has. Um but nonetheless, we know that he's another player who who is often plagued by injury and very much like Patrick McElhenney, you know, if you can keep him fit and give him a run in the team, he's phenomenal. But also that does tend to be truncated by injuries. And the point is that we don't have many options. You know, the fact that we're looking to hand to save a game or or change the the, the, the kind of momentum it, it probably you know it's probably a weak hand to try and play and I think you know fans are probably making up their minds about you know what players they would like to see stay at Dundalk and what players they would like to see leave and that list probably got a little bit 
longer after last night. But I think fragility of confidence is not helped by not really having the options to change the game. And I thought there was, you know, a sense of resignation set in, particularly after the second Mark Doyle goal, which is once again on the break. We see Drogheda players streaming forward and nobody really in that defensive midfield zone to stem the attack. We see a decent cross and a free header. And it's an okay header. It's down, it's to the corner. But perhaps, you know, once again, it's not a world-beating header. Uh, perhaps it could have been saved. But, you know, that that only adds to our fragility. And there seemed to be after that, a, a, you know, an inability for Dundalk to turn it around. And I think when we were in the shed looking at the performance, you know, you could look out there and you could see individuals doing their thing. But we very much look like a group of individuals. And we saw us revert to the type of, almost negative play that that sort of plagued us in the first half of the season where you know we were allowed to have comfortable possession but it kind of went across our back four more than you would like to see and changing that defensive possession into something happening in midfield just didn't happen often enough and also there was nobody vocal there was a, a lack of vocal leadership and when you look at for example what Gary Deegan did you know you could see that he was talking to the players around him. He, you know, Gary Deegan, I, I, he's a player I like, but I don't think he had a vintage performance last night. But nonetheless, the leadership was there in that he was telling players where to go and when to cover back. He was vocal. And I don't think we had any vocal leadership, particularly in the midfield last night. Everybody was a little bit quiet and a lot of good players seemed to drift out of the game for long, long periods. And uh, that's probably a sign of just where we are now as regards confidence and appetite. And I think Vinny Pert said in his, in his, um, in his post-match interview that Drogheda were the hungrier side and they had power and pace and all the things that we would associate it with um, Dundalk teams in their pomp. But it seems that, that those qualities just weren't evident last night. So given that like the squad now seems very treadbare and confidence seems very low, uh, are we in a genuine relegation battle? I think we definitely are. And I, I suppose I would have been one of the people in recent weeks that I just thought, it, talk of relegation fight, I kept maintaining it was kind of laughable. Uh, maybe a bit, you know, uh, uh, comical alley, uh, you know, the, the, the US are not inside Baghdad stuff. Um, but we are literally in, I mean, I, we, we are literally in the relegation zone now and results last night did not go our way. Um, so we're down there now and we are in a fight, uh, absolutely. And it's compounded by those squad issues. Uh, so, I mean, I was I was up until last week maintaining that Europe was a possibility. Now that is completely, that's vaporized. And we are in a fight to, to stay up. I mean, it's, it, it's undeniable now. Um, and I think the real, as you said, the big issue, for instance, for the Derry game was the injuries more so than the, the points. Because I, I kind of, I, as I said, I had that game written off. I assumed tonight we'd start up the engine, but um, we're 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 in huge trouble. And like we are, we are down there. We're fighting, and the players do seem demoralised. You could see that. Um, I mean, as you said as well, like after the the second goal. I mean, you, you could have gone home because I just thought there was no way. And I know we got one goal back, but there was no way we were scoring another two goals. Like, it just was never going to happen. At best, maybe you could have got a point from it. But 
I mean, with, with the other results, especially like Finn Hart's being part of is a bit of a shock. Um, we are now down there. We can't rely on other, you know, we can't rely on you know, results to go the way we think they're going to go now. So we are, you know, in for a massive fight. And as you said, like, I mean, I, I, I thought, like, again, there's some positives from that side as well. I thought Cameron Dummigan was very good um, and really, really played his socks off. And again, you could see individual players doing things, but that lack of cohesion that we had when, when Vinny came back is definitely gone. They're not playing as a unit. And a mad thing to me is the Vitesse Arnhem game was literally a couple of weeks ago. It's not as if we're kind of reminiscing on some like 2016 stuff, you know, oh, the Bate game. We're talking about a performance that we saw two weeks ago. And that has, I don't know why, but that has vaporized, you know, that the, the ability to, because we said it, that if we play like that in the league, we'll be fine. But we're not playing like that in the league. Um, now, the glimmer of hope, I would say, is that I have seen enough from this side to believe that we can turn it around because I've seen what this team can do. Whether or not they will do it, I, I don't know. Well, I suppose the table is grim reading right this minute. Um, perhaps the results from the, our relegation rivals were, were unexpected. Finn Harps and Waterford, you know, they seem to be on the up. We just seem to have had, you know, a, a run of bad form and a run of bad results. However, you know, one victory could leapfrog you back up into mid-table and thereafter, you know, you'd be, you'd be, you know, getting back to some sort of safety at least. We do have the distraction of the FAI Cup coming up next, so that's against St. Moctes. Now, I suppose if you are looking for a game to get back into a winning groove, you know, opposition which is on paper much weaker than you uh, in a competition that really is your lifeline to salvaging the season, that's about as good as you could ask for. So we'd be all hoping for, you know, Friday next being some sort of platform for reversal. We then have two vital relegation determining games against Waterford and Longford, and they are going to be really big results. They're effectively six pointers. If we can get, you know, two victories there, you probably have abated the, the relegation crisis and you're leaving Longford and Waterford to, to, to scrap with Finn Harps to see what happens there. But, you know, it, 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 once again, it is it is quite an indictment of, you know, how the club has been led. And I know we talk about it every week. We've managed to avoid it thus far, so we won't go through it again. But we really are paying a, you know, there is a long-term price to be paid for you know, who you sign and who you let go. And we've gone over it many times. And, and I think we are paying that price right now, combined with the inevitable ups and downs of injuries and losses of form. Um, I think those things have conspired against us, and you saw the you saw the the wages of that in in last night's performance. If we just turn to Twitter for a minute, we've had quite a bit of activity on Twitter. Obviously, uh, a lot of fans quite animated over last night. Uh, Colin Mullen comes in and says those players showed against Vitesse Arnhem that they can play and compete at the highest level. Last night, they showed that sometimes they can't be bothered. We all thought the Derry game was a European hangover. Last night's display rubbish that theory we have a big fight in our hands now um there's a lot of tweets about you know players not caring and i'm always a little bit skeptical of those because i think the psychological part of the game it's very uh very ephemeral you know uh, it is difficult perhaps to motivate yourself on particular occasions when 
reversals come your way. But there's a lot of other similar sentiment out there. Frank Carolyn has come in saying, I'm baffled how these guys can play Vitesse off the pitch home and away, but can't raise their game for uh, to play in league games. As I said before, some of these players are stealing a wage and don't care. Coupled with poor board management, the last two transfer windows have caused this. Like We try not to criticise the players uh, and particularly criticise individual players. I mean, form, once again, it is one of those mysterious things. Uh, and the contrast between the Vitesse performance and last night is... You know, it is striking. So fans will be scratching their heads, wondering how they can go from being so good to being so bad. But again, injuries are probably playing a role in that as well. Football is a, a game of very fine margins as well, uh, as we've seen countless times. And I'm sure we can all recall, you know, the the 2016 team being beaten, you know, here and there. Uh, I'm sure we all recall 2017 as well, where we went on, you know, sort of a comparatively big downturn. And you know, it it's easy to say that you look at a game that we lost 2-1 and you think, you know, the players didn't care or, you know, they didn't, you know, put in the necessary effort or something like that. But, you know, even very small, uh, I think, decreases in motivation or, you know, things like that play a very big impact. And whatever people say about the League of Ireland, you know, maybe there are sort of quality issues with with teams here and there. Um, But in terms of the intensity and, you know, the, the pressure that you're put under, uh, you just have to be pretty close to your maximum in order to to win games. And what's happened, I think, you know, we've seen certainly over the, the last three weeks, at least, uh, in the league, that where we don't have that intensity quite there, because either we were distracted or coming off the back of other games or just a night like last night, um, you get punished for that uh, over and over again. And I think that is sort of the, the big problem at the moment when you talk about the potential relegation threat, right? You you look at this team, you say, are we going to suddenly start keeping clean sheets? Hmm, I don't know. That's that's tough to say. Um, are we, you know, suddenly going to find, you know, that extra, you know, sort of two, three percent motivation uh, to get that? I, I don't know. That's debatable too. Um, and I don't think, you know, there is any injection of quality coming the way of this squad. Uh, I think Vinny talked up. Uh, Sammy Benamir's, you know, sort of talents and stuff like that. But even he said it will take some considerable time before we see the best of him. Um, and I think on the other side, you look at, you know, maybe the highest paid uh, player in the squad or the highest paid player in the league, maybe, uh, on the bench and seems nowhere close to the first team, even in the midst of an injury crisis, right? So I know that Vinny has been out defending, you know, players like that uh, over the past while and, you know, well, he might. But, you know, the the fans on the terraces uh, and on the various podcasts aren't going to be, uh, what would you say, placated uh, by, you know, sort of these, you know, sort of kind words and stuff like that when they see, you know, results like this and the facts that, you know, people like this are just nowhere near the first team and nowhere near ready to play in this league, right? That is a, a damning indictment. I, I suppose the point that I was trying to make, and it's it's similar to the one you make, is that um, we we have at times in the past you know, had players who did justify the the accusation that they were not trying and they didn't care. I think, you know, the first division days, we, we had we had numerous characters who simply, you know, didn't just seem to have come to Dundalk to sort of as some sort of retirement home. Or, or there was, you know, the, we, we can tell from the past when players were, weren't really professional, weren't really motivated and weren't really, you know, didn't really care all that much. I don't think that's an accusation you can make of our current crop of players. 
That's not to say, you know, everything is perfect. I think when Dundalk now take the field, they're forced by bad recruitment to play with weaknesses in the team. We, we, ha- we, we are not the finished article. We don't have excellent players in every position, in form, in fully fit and playing at the top of their game. So nobody can claim that we're that perfect. So those weaknesses can be exploited by our opponents. You know, they, they know what to do to expose the weaknesses that are in the squad. But I don't detect a generalized throwing in at a towel. I thought Cameron Dummigan, you know, was excellent last night, even though he's asked to play sort of out of position. I thought other players, you know, they showed endeavor, but sometimes the pieces of the jigsaw, so many of them are taken away from you that you just can't function as a team. And I, I thought, once again, the margins, you talk about the fine margins. If Patrick Oban puts that header away, which was very close, uh, you're ahead. It's a very different game. If Sean Murray's header in the final minute and in injury time ducks under the bar and you snatch a draw, there's probably a different mood this morning. But there's no denying that. And as you, you mentioned, particular players that we've invested in and just you know haven't made, don't seem to be in a, in, in a position to make any contribution. That's once again down to poor recruitment. And I don't think we can blame the players that are here and are trying. And even the players that have come up short and aren't up to this level, I don't think they should be personally accused of not caring. If a player yeah. doesn't have the ability, he doesn't have the ability. That, that's it. And I, I think that, I mean, you could start to feel the anger last night and you can see it on social media. I, I, I don't think lack of effort is, is, is what we're seeing. Um, I think we're probably seeing players with, with with shortcomings, maybe in their ability, talent-wise. And as we said from the start, by the way, this attempt to build a new team. That's one thing we did say at the start of the season that kind of has left the conversation, which is that you're looking at a team which is quite disparate in players who have never played together before. Do you know what I mean? And it is... You know, it is, uh, to use this phrase, a transitionary period. So, for instance, two examples I would say from last night, like Sammy and Han, okay? I really would struggle to put any blame onto them because, A, I think they worked their socks off. And Han was working his socks off. I mean, he was pegging it down that wing. But he was pegging it in the wing, and it looked like there was no game plan, really. He kept going into that corner. You know, we can't really see. You know, we, we kept, kept disappearing into that corner. But reminded me of a few years ago of Dylan Connolly, you know, just bombing it down there. But there there seemed to be no cohesive plan. We had no creative player. And this is not on any of the other players there. They're just not that player. But we didn't have a replacement for Patrick McElhinney in the middle. So nothing was going to come through the middle. And I would say, you know, uh, Stanton, uh, Patching, you know, were doing their job. But together as a cohesive whole, you've got a lot of players, like, I mean... Han does not play very often in this team. So how is he going to build up a rapport? And, you know, we said a few weeks ago that we were beginning to see this relationship between Patching, Stanton and McElhaney. And you were starting to see three players really starting to gel together. Well, now that's been smashed because McElhaney's gone, okay? Um, So you're attempting to build up a team that, you know, knows where the other player will be, know what's going to happen. But if you've got players who are just never playing with each other, coming in and out, you've got players making their debut in a loud derby who has only trained at the squad for a week. How are you going to expect the cohesiveness? But I, 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 I can't share any anger towards players because, as you said, 
some of them are just not up to this level, but that's an issue of recruitment. You know, like if you were like a computer programmer and you weren't particularly good and you just, all right, okay. Football is a job, we, we love the club. And to us, it's, it's, it's an emotional thing. I mean, we, we love them, Dock Football Club. But football is a job. Now, if you're a computer programmer and you're like, ah, you're not particularly good, but Microsoft owe you a, uh, uh, offer you a bumper contract, you're going to take the contract. You're not going to go, actually, no, I'm going to turn that down. You're going to take the contract. But that's on Microsoft for hiring you. Do you know what I mean? So it does go down to a, a farcical recruitment policy, which has been going on now, it precedes last season, as we know, okay? We've had at least 18 months to, well, two years of crazy contract situations. I mean, if you go back to the Hoban contract saga, all kind of stuff. The club's business behind the scenes has been in disarray for years now. And as you've said, and we said a lot of times, we are now seeing the end product on the field. And I, I, I would have to agree, to me, that's not on the players. Um, and the manager can only work with what he has. And I'm not saying the manager is, you know, we can never criticize the manager. Obviously, we can. And we have on this podcast. But he can only use the pieces he has. And it's like going into a game of chess and you don't have a bishop. You don't have a knight. You know what I mean? How can you can you compete when you don't have all the pieces on the field? And that goes back to uh, the recruitment. And that comes from up above. If I return to Twitter, I suppose it, it this chimes with your point. This is 100% down to Bill and Peak Six. Hard to blame the pair, players if they don't have the ability. Uh, our slender squad has meant no rotation and therefore tired players and more injuries. No creativity in midfield post shields and fats. Pray we stay up and rebuild with no Bill influence. Uh, he follows up by saying, Bill H falling for a certain agent's charms and allowing that agent to unload poor, a poor pool of players to the detriment of Gannon and Shields and others means we've no squad depth and can't cope with our mounting injury crisis. Without Fats and Davy Mac, we are in serious trouble. And I know that's something that we've gone on endlessly. People are probably sick of hearing it, but we are now encountering the consequences of that action. I mean, we all looked in horror as good players went to our rivals and unknowns came into the squad. Uh, they were unknown to us, and we thought, well, our salvation might be if these guys are better than the high-quality players we've let go. I think the verdict is clear now. I mean, Dundalk's league position doesn't lie. We would expect, even in a bad year, you know, to be in the top four, and we're currently second from bottom. Like, we've had a lot of activity on Twitter. Uh, Michelle Hillen has come in, said the contract situation has to play a part in the morale of the club as well. The lads are likely in limbo. And that would naturally impact on performance, probably playing for bonuses in Europe, hence the lift in play. Peak six policies and recruitment are to blame. Battle on our hands to stay up. There seems to be like, you know, lots of different perspectives coming in, but they're, they're all very aware of, um, you know, probably that the primary source of much of the, the, the current um, difficulties that the team and the squad is facing. So I suppose, understandably enough, it'd be nice to be able to point to some sort of chink of light at the end of the tunnel and, and strike an optimistic note. So I'll do my best to do that. We're still in the FAI Cup and we have a winnable tie at home next Friday. And perhaps that'll lift the mood and also lift the confidence. Like I, I would say what we said over the last few weeks, I think, you know, even despite the fact that we are carrying a large amount of injuries now, there is ability and talent in the squad. And I think if we can raise morale a little bit, um, perhaps with a win in the FAI Cup and a Cup run, uh, 
I would hope that we still have enough within the team, despite all its difficulties, to you know get ourselves clear of the rele- relegation zone and back into mid-table. And who knows, the FAI Cup, you know, it was something of a salvation last year. Maybe perhaps it can be uh, a, a salvation again this year, as we are something of cup specialists over the last five or six years. So after a bad night, we've got hopefully a good one to look forward to next uh, next Friday. I'd like to thank you all for listening, for all your many contributions on Twitter as well. Uh, and thank you, Martin Mullen and Rory Murphy, for uh, contributing to the conversation today. And we'll look forward to chatting to you next week after the St. Moctis game, where hopefully we'll still be on course to retain the FAI Cup. Oh,